thought we'd mix things up a little bit and give you a little change of venue. Uh, moved all the way from the family room into the living room. As I start today, I just want to give you a little um, side note, and that's to let you know if you're not receiving it already, we've been doing a, a digital version of our bulletin uh, that we're emailing out. If you're not receiving that, it's got some community concern items, some links to the music we recommend, links to the sermon if you need it. Um, if you're not getting that you'd like to, simply send us a message at caringcommunitychurch at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to add you to that list. <clears throat> You've probably noticed that since we started this uh, worship at home adventure. I've not necessarily taken much of my message time to specifically address the challenges that we're facing. Um, not necessarily going to do that today, but I did want to emphasize that those of us in leadership are continually researching our options for when the time comes for us to gather in person once again. Our goal will always be to strike a balance between doing everything we can to keep you safe and healthy while at the same time meeting as many of your needs and expectation as we can within those safety guidelines. Grace, flexibility, and patience will continue to be crucial as we keep navigating these uncharted waters. For today, I invite you to join me once again in Philippians chapter 1. Some of you who've been around Caring Community for a number of years may have already noticed that Philippians... Uh, happens to be one of my comfort foods. Uh, I may not dine there often, but in tough times, it's not uncommon for me to find my way back there. <clears throat> I invite you to turn to the same passage that we actually looked at last week in Philippians chapter 1, the first 11 verses. And for what it's worth, uh, next week on Mother's Day, we're going to be back in this same passage, again, drawing some different things out of it. But listen as I read uh, from Paul's letter. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he dives in and gets personal. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer for you, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. <clears throat> Today, uh, what I want to do is, is drill down specifically into verse 6. And again, that says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I know I touched on this briefly last week, but in a season where there is such an amazing amount of uncertainty, I think it bears repeating. 
our confidence must not be in any elected official, red or blue, nor should it be in the latest specialist to appear on the news or the, the latest medical breakthrough or the most recent uh, theory dominating social media. Our confidence should not be solely rooted in our own comprehension and understanding or even in our own spiritual interpretation of the times and circumstances. Our confidence should be in he who began a good work in you. Let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that when dealing with this incredible emotional, physical, financial crisis, we simply say, Jesus has got this, and throw all other counsel out the window. What I am saying is that we can be confident that our eternal future was in God's hands before this pandemic. It is in God's hands during this pandemic, and it will be in God's hands after this pandemic. Of that, we can be confident. Those who listened last week heard me reference Romans chapter 8, and there's a portion in Romans chapter 8 where many Bibles have it subtitled, More Than Conquerors. I'm going to pick up in Romans chapter 8 with verse 31 and read a portion of that. What then shall we say in response to these things? (laughs) Just kind of appropriate. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That has not changed, and it never will. Having said that, I'm going to spend the the remainder of my time reflecting on the good work that he began in you, which is also the good work that he is always striving to bring to completion in our lives. Consider with me first the good work that he does for us. Regardless of the obstacle, in challenging times, it's always wise to get back to basics. As I've said repeatedly over the past several weeks, the essence of the Bible in general and the essence of the New Testament specifically is that God desires for each of us to enter into and to remain in a fully restored relationship on a personal level with him. Where we, worship him as our, where we worship him as our God and our creator, where we relate to him as our father and as our friend, and where we serve him as our Lord and our master. The work he does for you and the work that he wants to bring to full completion is to bridge the gap between your sinful human nature and his holy righteousness. That's what we looked at on Easter. Friends, regardless of what you're facing and regardless of what you're feeling right now, you can be confident in the work he does for you through his offer of a restored relationship with the God of all creation. 
that is available to you through your willingness to accept the work Jesus did on your behalf through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. And you can be confident that it is a good work. I also want to think about the work that he does in us. Prior to entering into a real, personal, life-changing love relationship with God, the best that we can hope to do is to try to force goodness into our lives from the outside. But once we say yes to that relationship, it becomes a matter of the goodness of God working from within us to influence and shape what comes out of us in the words that we speak, in the actions that we take, and even in the thoughts that drive those actions. The author of Hebrews puts it this way in chapter 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good thing for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now again, in the core of that, it said, equip you with every good thing for doing his will. Then Paul says it in Titus chapter 2, the same theme. For the grace of God has appeared to offer salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The work he wants to do in us is to empower and equip us to say yes to the things we should say yes to and to say no to the things that we should say no to. Peter addresses the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Friends, he wants to do a good work in us, and he wants to bring it to completion. He started a good work in us, and he will bring it to completion unless we settle for less. And finally, I want to talk about the good work that he does through us. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, in the first nine verses, he describes the good work that God does for us. He describes the good work that God does in us. But then in verse 10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. I encourage you to personalize that. Plug your name in there, but just think about it. For you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Paul comes back to this theme repeatedly in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. He says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Talk about being all-inclusive. All times, all that you need, all things, 
abounding in every good work. When Paul's writing to Timothy in chapter 2, he says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Friends, that's what God has for us. That's the good work he has begun in us, is to work through us, empowering us, preparing us to do any good work. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul puts it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Did you catch that? His good work in us equips us, empowers us, and he invites us to literally be his representatives. A huge part of the good work he began in us that we can be confident he wants to bring to completion is to use our uniqueness to draw others closer to him. We are his representatives to the hurting world around us. Paul said it in verse one, or chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Last week I suggested that Paul has some things to teach us about pressing forward in difficult times. I think Philippians 1, verse 6 helps to explain that he had a keen sense of the good work that God had done for him. He got that he was far from God and God drew him close, that God washed away all of his sinful choices and welcomed him into his family. He had a firm grasp of the good work that God was doing in him. Paul would say, I I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm pressing forward. He got that. But he was also very aware and motivated perhaps you could say driven by the good work that God wanted to do through him. And I don't think it's any different for you and me. He has done a good work for us. He is continuing to offer to do a good work in us. And there is an incredible good work that he wants to do through us. Pray with me. Father, how humbling that you love us enough to begin a good work in us and that you love us enough to continue striving to complete that work and all that you ask is that we cooperate with you in the process father help us to embrace to celebrate the good work that you have done for us help us to daily make choices and choose to cooperate with you and embrace the good work that you want to do in us And Father, help us to daily be aware that you choose to use us. You want to do a good work through us. And help us, Father, to be ready and willing to respond to the opportunities that you give us to do the good work you created us to do. 
We ask these things in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, and have a good week.